Note. The reader, in general, is seldom satisfied with the conclusion of a narrative unless it enters into every detail in winding up the story. For this reason, the minutest researches have been made into the facts having reference to the concluding details of the last scenes of Leopold d'Auverny, his sergeant, and his dog. The reader is already aware that the captain's feelings of melancholy arose partly from the death of Bugjargal, called Pierrot, and the loss of his beloved Marie, who was saved from the horrors of Fort Gallifet only to perish in the burning of Cap. As for the captain, his fate may be briefly recapitulated. The day after a great victory had been won by the French Republican forces against the European armies, the general of Division M, who was in command of the entire force, was seated in his tent, alone, drawing up from the reports of his staff the bulletin which was to be sent to the National Convention concerning the victory of the day before. An aide-de-camp announced to him the arrival of a representative of the people, who demanded an audience. The general loathed these red-cap ambassadors, who were sent by La Montaigne to humiliate the military officers, charged with the hateful mission of spying upon glory. However, it would have been dangerous for him to have refused to admit him, especially after a victory. The gory idol of these times loved illustrious victims, and the executioners of the Place de la Révolution were delighted if they could at the same time cause a head and a coronet to fall. Were it one of thorns, like that of Louis XVI, of flowers, like those of the girls of Verdun, or of laurels, like those of Custine or of André Chénier. The general gave orders that the representative should be brought in. After a few clumsy congratulations regarding the recent victory of the Republican armies, the representative came up close to the general and muttered in a suppressed voice, But this is not all, citizen general. It is not enough to destroy the foreign enemy. Those nearer home must also be crushed. "'What do you mean, citizen representative?' asked the astonished general. "'There is in your division,' mysteriously answered the emissary of the convention, "'a captain named Leopold d'Auverny. "'He is serving in the 32nd Brigade. "'General, do you know him?' "'Know him? Certainly I do,' replied the general. "'I was reading the report of the adjutant general, which refers to him. "'The 32nd Brigade had in him an excellent captain.' What, citizen general, interposed the representative harshly, were you thinking of promoting him? I will not conceal from you, citizen representative, that such was my intention. Here, the representative imperiously interrupted the general. Victory has blinded you, General M. Take care what you say or do. If you cherish serpents who are the enemies of the people— Take care that the people do not crush you and the serpents. This Leopold d'Auverny is an aristocrat, a hater of the revolution, a royalist, a Girondin. Public justice demands his head. He must be given up to me in an hour. The general replied coldly, I cannot do so. How? You cannot do so, shouted the representative, whose rage was redoubled at this opposition. Are you ignorant, General M., of the extent of my power? The Republic commands you, and you must listen to me. I will allow you, in consideration of your success, to read the report which has been handed me in regard to this Dauverny, and which I shall send with him to the public prosecutor. 
Leopold Auvergne, formerly known as Dauverny, captain in the 32nd Brigade, convicted, first, of having, at a meeting of conspirators, narrated an anti-revolutionary tale conducing to the ridicule of the true principles of equality and liberty, and exalting the worn-out superstitions known under the names of royalty and religion. Convicted, secondly, of having used expressions deservedly forbidden by all good Republicans to describe certain recent events, notably the enfranchisement of the Negroes formerly of Santo Domingo. Convicted, thirdly, of having made use of the expression monsieur in his narrative instead of citizen. And last, fourthly, having by said narrative endeavored to bring into contempt the Republic to propagate the infamous doctrines of the Girondins and the Brissotis. He deserves death. Well, General, what do you say to that? Do you still protect this traitor? Do you hesitate to deliver him to meet the well-merited punishment of his crimes? This enemy of his country has given his life for her, answered the general with dignity. As a contrast to your report, listen to an extract from mine. Leopold Dauverny, captain in the 32nd Brigade, has contributed largely to the success that our arms have obtained. A formidable earthwork had been erected by the Allies. It was the key to their position, and it was necessary to carry it. The death of the stormers who led the attack was almost inevitable. Captain Dauverny volunteered to lead. He carried the earthwork, but was shot down at the moment of victory. Sergeant Thaddeus of the 32nd and a large dog were found dead within a few paces of him. It was my intention to propose that the National Convention should pass a vote that Captain Leopold Dauverny had merited the thanks of his country. You see, citizen representative, continued the general calmly, that our duties differ slightly. We both send each from his side a report to the convention. The same name appears in each list. You denounce him as a traitor. I hold him up to posterity as a hero. You devote him to ignominy, I to glory. You would erect a scaffold for him, I a monument, each to his taste. Thank God he is fortunate in having, by death in action, escaped the infamy you proposed for him. He whose death you desired is dead. He has not waited for you. The representative, furious at seeing his conspiracy disappear with the conspirator, muttered between his teeth, He is dead. More's the pity. The general caught his words, and in indignant tones exclaimed, there is still a resource left for you, citizen representative. Go seek the body of Captain Dauverny amongst the ruins of the redoubt. Who knows? The bullets of the enemy may have spared his head for the national guillotine.'